Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Gills Talk podcast. I am your host, Kristen Kibblehouse, and today we have Clara Sabal on the pod. She is the research officer for the MAR Alliance, where she is looking at a multiple of different projects. She is looking at the shark census project that is out of Belize right now, which we are going to dive, literally dive into that project later on. And she is also working on a community program right now with local fishers out of Belize too. Now, if you're not familiar with the Mar Alliance, they are a global nonprofit where they explore tropical seas and conduct innovative and participatory science to answer key research questions and provide information that provides the effective management and conservation of large marine wildlife and their critical habitats. So this name might sound familiar to you. A few episodes ago, we had Ivy Bearmore on the pod, where she also works for the Mar Alliance as well. So we're really excited to have Clara on today to talk about what she does within the organization. So without further ado, let's get into her interview. But actually, before we get into the interview today, please remember to rate, subscribe, and review the Gills Talk podcast here. It really helps us out to be able to get noticed on different platforms that you are listening to. So please remember to do so. So now let's get into our interview with Clara. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Gills Talk interview. Today, we have Clara Sabal. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to finally be here. Yes, I'm so happy to be able to interview you. We have been emailing back and forth the last few months and really excited to be able to see you virtually here through the Zoom screen. But I'm really excited to hear all about your research. I think we should just kick it off. And I would love to have you explain what your research is and what you do. So this year, um, it's not my research specifically. I am the research officer for Mar Alliance, the NGO that I work for. And so we've been working on what we like to call a shark census. So 10 years ago, the Mar Alliance did a study on the entire Belize Barrier Reef and looking at the shark population throughout the country. And so this year, 10 years later, we're doing this survey all over again and hitting all the spots from north to south and trying to get a shark census, which is uh, a good ring to it because this year we're also doing our people census. So it's great to see, you know, the comparison on the 10 year study. That sounds incredible. So then how are you doing the shark census? Are we diving? Are we doing aerial surveys? Are you going out and long lining? Like how does the census work? So we do three different methods to collect the data. We do a UVC underwater visual uh, census, which is just us doing transects for swimmers in the water about uh, 15 meters away from each other. And we're swimming an entire kilometer. And this is at each site. And we have maybe I'd say close to over a hundred, more than a hundred sites, honestly. <laughs> yeah, so that's a lot of kilometers. And we also do baited remote underwater videos. So we get our nice GoPros and we attach them to our bruvs and we set them underwater for about an hour and 10 minutes and we collect the data on the species that appear in, on the footage at each site. And so again, a lot of footage to review. And the last method that we use is long lines. So we set long lines at 
not all the sites, but at specific locations where we've done them previously to collect the data on the species of shark that we may or may not be getting on our land lines in those different areas. That sounds awesome. So then when we are looking at this, what are you know the different species of sharks that you can anticipate to be on these, if it is on the transects or the brubs or, or the longlines? So the most common species that we get are the Caribbean reef sharks and nurse sharks. Here and there, we might get a lemon or we may get a, a hammerhead, but that those are very, very unlikely. <laughs> but the, the possibility still exists. So those are the species that we would try to put satellite tags on our lemons and our hammerheads and maybe even a bull shark. But those are the ones that we have very um, limited data on. So we try to, if we get those, put the satellite tags on. But the other sharks that we tag, we just do the generic tags with the numbers. Thank you for that. Um, I think with, you know, you do so many different types of ways then to attribute to this census, is there one that you look forward to doing more? Like, do you like doing that kilometer tra transect or being able to look at the bruv like video footage? Like, what about it? I 100% prefer doing the transects because I get to be in the water. Um, I'm not sitting on the boat. <laughs> I don't get seasick or anything, but when you do the bruvs on the long lines, you're sitting and you're waiting the hour and 10 minutes or you're waiting the three hours for the long line. So mm -hmm. I really prefer doing the transects and getting in the water. And I feel like the one kilometer goes pretty fast. So I prefer to see the fish in the water in real time. Oh yeah, being in the action the best yes. right <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah so then what is then the end goal of doing this cens census to see if shark populations are increasing in the area are they staying sta stable are we uh, obviously you're comparing what happened a decade ago but then what is yeah. the goals of this then yeah, the data analysis is definitely trying to determine whether or not there is an increase or decrease in the shark population here in Belize, and also to see which areas they persist in. So maybe we can get laws to protect those specific areas that they might be, or maybe we find areas, okay, where we're getting smaller juveniles that might be a nursery area. So we try to get a variety of different information from the survey that we were conducting. Thank you. Um, so it sounds like a lot, a lot of different things that can be yes. then um, used um, toward then the census as well. So then, so Clara, you obviously did not get your start at Mara Alliance. So yes. then what is, what is your background? What is your story? How did you get to where you are now? Uh, so it's not a long story, <laughs> but um, I grew I grew up on the coast here um, in Belize in a small town called Dangrega. So I've always been close to the sea, close to the water. And then for my bachelor's, I went to Jamaica to study marine biology. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to study marine biology up until you know your final year of sixth form and you have to decide <laughs> you know there always comes that point where you're like okay you have to pick one and so I was like okay I enjoy being in the outdoors so I decided to study marine biology and then when I came back home I got an internship with another NGO that was in northern Belize named Blue Ventures and that is where I got my dive master completed and I got a lot of experience there um, starting in marine conservation with learning fish ID how to properly do surveys that we predominantly conduct here throughout Belize. So it was a great start. And then of course, during the pandemic, things happened and 
of course, you didn't have the same opportunities or some of us lost our jobs, myself included. But when the chance came for me to work with Mar Alliance, um, I remember them because while I was working in Northern Belize, there was a booth at a fair and Mar Alliance was there and I looked at their posters. And I was like, this is super interesting. And of course, you do your background check when you're applying for a job and you get to learn more about the organization. And so that's how I came to be, you know, where I am now. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's, yes, a short story, but a great one as well. I love that you're able then to be able to work in your own backyard and being yes, able to, definitely. you know, protect the areas that you grew up in. Like, how special is that? <laughs> I agree, because um, during the process of finding an internship, because I needed the internship to complete my college credit, mm-hmm. and I had the option of st- staying in Jamaica to do my internship or coming home, and it's like a no-brainer. Of course, I'm coming home, <laughs> because you want to make a difference in the place where you live, so of course, I came home. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in home being Belize, I mean, beautiful yeah. spot. I, I, I would want to go home as well <laughs> if, if I was from there. But I think then looking at this, so you said that marine biology really wasn't your first like track and your thoughts. And then going through your schooling for all this, then what were anything maybe that you didn't really expect going up through, through it? If it was then getting going along and um, getting like your diving cert- cert- certifications or classes or things like that. Yeah, definitely. So because I was studying marine biology, right? So I decided mm-hmm. to do that. And throughout the course, um, courses at university, um, the diving course popped up. So it was like an open water dive certification and you get college credit online. Easy course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I looked at it and I was like, okay, I could get this done. It wasn't something that I had at the back of my mind. It just made sense for the degree I was pursuing. So I was like, okay, I'll get it. And so I went to the open water course, enjoyed it, and then didn't think about diving again. So afterwards, when I Actually, I was applying for the same internship that I got when I was coming home. The internship required you to have an advanced open water before you started. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll go get the advanced. And then throughout the process of um, my job, we increased the certification to dive master. So it wasn't something that happened because, you know, um, I wanted it, but because it made sense. And of course, when you're thinking about a career, you want to do things that that are going to benefit you along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's something, um, it's so interesting that you're bringing this up right now with it, you and you're diving. I was leading an eco tour yesterday and I had um, a young student on the boat with their family and they were asking me, you know, like they, they got on the boat and they were like, I want to be a marine biologist when I grow up. And I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just uh, so cool how people could just make up their mind instantly. <laughs> yes. And she was asking me um, throughout the trip, like different questions. And um, the one time then they asked that, do I need to be dive, dive certified to do your job? And I was like, no, you don't have to be mm-hmm. unless, you know, you like, depending on what your, your, your goals are. And like for you, you know, you, you took the class to get, the credit and then it was in the back of your mind and then you didn't really need that diving experience until you know your next chapter that that you had but if you decided to do something else you might have not needed to touch your your diving certification it's very same with me I'm only open water I don't dive for my job Um, and so you never know 
Exactly. And the dive certification, I don't use it currently because even with our research methods that we do right now, it's just mostly snorkeling and free diving. Mm -hmm. So it's not a necessity, but it's something good to have. Oh, yes, for sure. That was um, one of my college roommates. She is a, a, a diver, loved diving, moved out to to Hawaii and started running dives and being like the naturalist on 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 the dive and using her degree in that way and working with a um, a scuba group and so she was living her life out, out there <laughs> doing doing that her <laughs> but then looking at this and then becoming then the research officer at Mar Alliance I think that is really Interesting then. So is this then your main focus is the shark census or do you then oversee other projects as well? I help out with a number of activities here in Belize. So I am the Belize research officer, but my alliance is in different countries like Panama and Honduras. So I help out with what we're doing here. So right now, the main thing is the shark census, yes. But every year we do standardized monitoring at Lighthouse Reef Atoll and at Turner Reef Atoll, which we do, which is similar to the shark census, but with the shark census is only because it's 10 years, but we do those every year. And we also help out with outreach activities. Recently, we just um, completed a survey. We were doing a gillnet survey and snook survey here in Belize, just getting feedback from fishers about those fish populations. And Belize has recently banned gillnets in November, mm -hmm. 2020. And so we are getting feedback about how these different fish populations are doing after the ban or even finding out information that wasn't collected about species like the snook before the ban even happened. Interesting. So then what do you like more? Do you like sharks more and doing that type of work or working with the local fishers and like the outreach side of things? I do enjoy the outreach side of things, but um, I won't describe myself very much as a people person. <laughs> like I, I, I like interacting with people, yes, but I just love being in the water and being with those sharks and seeing them in the water and being close. It's just a different feeling, you know, than when you're doing surveys. And sometimes, you know, people can be hard to track down. <laughs> so the surveys oh, yeah. can be challenged. Like, you know, when you're doing the shark um, work out in the water, you have an idea of where they may be you know that's where they might be living and so you go there and you set your lines but when you're looking for people we roam around this country freely so you're looking for someone and you're like ah they're not home right now but those are just some of the things you face when you're doing the social side of science I guess mm -hmm, for sure and I think then it's nice then in this position that you currently have you kind of get the best of both worlds then as well yeah yes. so <laughs> definitely the best of both worlds Oh, yes. Um, I think, and if we look at, you know, um, you're seeing different types of sharks, but then as you are learning about maybe re re research that Mar, that um, the Mar Alliance is doing maybe in other parts of, of, of the world or just from other science scientists that you might follow on social media or something, is there another project that you would maybe love to start or love to maybe, um, like if there's like another species of shark that you would like to work with one day or something? 
so the main species of shark that I know Marlance has done work with real sharks, but I personally have not seen one or been up close to one. So that is definitely my shark of choice. I really want to see one. I was in Port Honduras Reserve here in Southern Belize once, and we I was working with an organization named Ecology Project International, and they would take groups down there and we would introduce them to like coral reefs and uh, work like that, science basically. Mm -hmm. And when we left, uh, what a week later, the young lady who partnered with us, who actually works at the marine research station down there, she messaged me and she was like, guess what we saw? A whale shark. I was like, not when no. I'm not there. I just missed it. But definitely a whale shark is on my list for sure. Oh, I would love to see one in, in the wild too. And you're not the first scientist that I, I've interviewed for this podcast that have said that too. Whales, whale sharks are on the top for a lot of people because I mean they're just they're so big and they're just so beautiful and like, <laughs> who wouldn't want to see the largest fish in the sea <laughs> I, know. I mean exactly exactly they are the largest fish so who doesn't want to see like a school bus just like swimming by <laughs> agreed <laughs> so when we are um I should say when you are doing um your your research with the shark census and stuff are there any types of challenges that you have to face when you are if it is kind of ju like juggling the three ways of being able to collaborate with with the other scientists doing this th 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 this project or anything like that I'd say the main challenge would be the weather oh, and awesome also technology mm -hmm. so we have to do a lot of downloading of our videos right there on the site because we need to reuse our sd cards and so working out in the elements we're usually um camping and it's very nice like the camping setup that we have is very good you know but when you have to think about technology and the elements and salt I think that is the major challenge. <laughs> it's yes. not necessarily with the people I'm working with because the group that we have is very solid. We work well together. and But when you think about the technology, it suffers a lot out there in the elements. Yes. Oh, we deal with that here. <laughs> um, yeah, we're helping testing out some new devices to track white sharks here off of our coastline. And the the um the technology is still it's been in the testing phase for the last few years just because salt water just doesn't mix well some, some sometimes and if we get a storm that yeah. comes through uh, it's it just the worst. yeah it ruins everything um i remember we were out uh one of the keys and we had everything set up and a gust of wind just started and then you could hear the drizzle coming and I was like oh my gosh I have all these things I have the laptop out the GoPros I was like okay I need to pack it up immediately but I think <laughs> that's like one of the main challenges definitely the weather <laughs> yes that literally happened again the same eco tour that I was leading yesterday we have um like a working pad that helps scan some of them like the shark track tr tracking devices that we have and like the rain was there I was like I'm not going to be able to do the main part of this because it's raining because I can't take this out in the rain <laughs> but luckily it cleared mm. up but I think um to wrap up the interview today I think I would not say I think I want to know I would love to know um some advice that you would give to your younger self growing up in and trying to get into this kernel that you have uh, I would say to my younger self um, to for sure follow your interests. 
Um, I know a lot of times when you're growing up, people say, um, you know, I'm passionate about this thing or I really want to do this one thing. But I'd say people have a variety of interests and things that they want to pursue. So I'd say pursue your interests and the passion will come. Like when you're trying to study something else that like you, you'll become invested in it and then you'll have the drive to continue doing what you're doing. You don't have to have the drive as you start because everyone's different. Some people might be passionate about something out the gate, but it might take a longer while for you to get there. So I'd say follow your interests and the passion will come. I think that is great advice. So before I do let you go, is there any social media that our listeners can follow you on to keep up to date? Um, they could follow me on Instagram. My name is Clara underscore Nandi, N-A-N-D-I. Um, I don't have Twitter. I've tried, <laughs> but I will get there and I will work on using Twitter again. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn as Clara Savall, but those are probably the main social media pages that I use. Perfect. Well, then everyone go give Clara a follow on, on, on Instagram. And if you have a LinkedIn, do that as well. Um, and we and be able to stay up to date with the research and maybe some interesting findings with the shark census. So thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It was so nice to meet you. You too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Gills Talk podcast. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And as always, remember to stay curious, stay inspired, and always learn. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye, everyone.